0: I've been waiting a long time for this. on talk, no shock. And now, from the Emerald City of Seattle, it's the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast. Your home for pop culture, Transformers, independent artists, interviews, Transformers, and stuff, and things. Also sometimes Transformers. And now, here he is, the creed that always rises to the top, Mike Seibert.
1: Hey, welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio, powered by Poddex. I am your host, and this week, my guest is synthwave artist Glitbiter. And sometimes... You know, the uh, conversation before the interview is so good and so much fun, it needs to be its own separate episode, and that's exactly what this podcast is. Um, you know, we uh, we just kind of connected on, uh, on the Skypes, and after we got to know each other for uh, a couple minutes, Florence talks about her experience being a longtime fan of Star Wars and then jumping onto Star Trek later on but does that mean she's forsaken the wars well you'll have to listen to find out but before we jump right in i do want to share a sample of her music from her short stories ep here is the lead off track it's a tune called airship you can listen right now on spotify and soundcloud and you can purchase music from Glitbiter out on bandcamp my conversation with florence is next and you're listening to Mike Sybert Radio.
2: Oh, like every time I I do a podcast, it's always like oh you know like someone's dropping out of Skype or something. Yep. It's and also like I'm using Zoom a lot for um for work. Yeah. And Zoom is like it's more consistent. Yeah,
1: I I've been doing a lot of zooming too, and it's a, it's really one of those compromise type things. I've also been using it primarily for like uh video sharing and like live streaming and stuff. So. Mm-hmm. So it's like, hey man, if we if we're if we're gonna do uh, do the audio interview on Zoom, well, shoot, let's just do it as a live stream video. And I've yeah. uh, been kind of having <laughs> fun with that because I've uh, you know I've been podcasting for uh, just about five years now, and I've uh, I've I've been that guy that's been kind of snobby about like the sanctity of like audio podcasting type of thing and kind of looked yeah. down my nose at at you know them YouTubers and stuff like that. So I've never. I, I've never really uh, thought of myself as like a video streaming uh, type of type of personality, but I, I have to confess that after doing like a handful of these, it's kind of fun and I can't I, I can't put my finger on it about what makes sharing a video like, quote unquote, more fun I, I don't know if it's just a different muscle or, or what, but I've I found that I am kind of enjoying that video streaming. It's weird. Yeah,
2: I mean it, it's different. I mean, there's obviously there's more stuff to think about, and it's more content for the listeners, and it's mm-hmm. it's just different. So, yeah, no, it, video is it's fun, and it's like it's right now. It's like it, you know, you you need it because people need some sort of visual stuff because they can't go out. So
1: exactly and and much like you know several other content creators that's kind of that's kind of where that came from was kind of a necessity and wanting to add a different spoke to the wheel uh, creatively and and yeah it's kind of neat you know like in a, in a weird way where we haven't been able to go out and connect uh it seems like folks are almost more connected with uh mm-hmm. with with these new tools that we have
2: yeah, it's true. It's funny. Like I work at a I work at a school and it's like a ton of people that you know, they didn't even know how to video conference at all mm-hmm. before this year and now everyone knows how to do it. It's just it's great. So it's yeah. like everyone had to learn and um it was like a lot of hand holding at first, but it was um I mean, now it's like, okay, cool. At least we we got over that mountain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know.
1: Yeah and 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 it's all about that learning curve too because I I um I I don't know um you're you're in LA right Yes okay so i uh i don't know how your quality of tv news has been uh compared to up here in seattle but there was a there was a seemingly steep learning curve for the work from home crowd because Uh like it started off where it's like wait a second i'm an independent content creator and i have friends that can can do this stuff way better than the big old tv station with unlimited budgets uh you, you got to figure this out. I mean, there was people like, you know, tuning into the the station like on laptops, doing like, you know, Skype and Zoom, um, doing field reports like on a phone. And it's just like, man, you got to figure this stuff out. But now, now that we've been at it a couple months, you know, everybody's got like all they all they light halos and 4K cameras. And, and it's <laughs> it, it's been kind of interesting to just watch it incrementally develop. Up. Like, um, the the thing that cracks me up more than anything is how, like, the uh, news anchors have kind of, like, crafted their home studio space. It, you know, <laughs> yep. It's like it started <laughs> off like you're, like, in a basement or a spare bedroom, you know, and, like, first you add a potted plant or maybe, like, a picture of you and your significant other or something like that. And then it... At a, at a time there's a there's a, I was just watching this morning uh this uh this one gal setup has gotten so elaborate where I don't know if she's going back to the studio now because I think she's been hitting the Pinterest really hard for like you know this this elaborate home backdrop <laughs> studio idea it just cracks me up oh
2: yikes yeah well it's I mean I think also for for people like that they probably like they started like no one was prepared for this. So they all started off with no idea how to do it. And then probably like the the higher ups at the companies are like, well, we we need these people to have better backdrops." And so then they start spending the money and shipping stuff to them. So maybe that's it too. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're just, getting stuff from their company and getting instructions from the it people there. Um, because that's kind of how it, it happened with us too. I mean, everyone was kind of like, you know, for themselves, um, the first couple weeks, but then it was like, Oh, like this person needs like a fancy monitor and like a keyboard and all this stuff. And so like everyone kind of, you know, yeah. Made their setup better and more fancy as you went along. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's again, it is just so interesting how I I was I was just chatting with somebody yesterday about how, you know, this era that we're in in 2020 is, you know, I mean, there hasn't been anything like it before. And I sorely doubt there'll be anything like it since. It's just Mm -hmm. this weird confluence of you know between like the pandemic and the quarantine and and everything going on politically and civil unrest it's just like it's it it will be very interesting to see how history remembers 2020
2: oh yeah definitely (laughs) and it'll be very interesting to see just how you know as in the next few months how kind of like normal life um Or like how normal life is going to evolve, you know, because something like things are definitely going to change. But the question is, how are they going to change? And we're kind of already seeing that. um, But but yeah, no, it's it's an interesting time for sure
1: absolutely all right well i'm uh, i'm dragging us way far afield uh very early on um uh, a couple things one i guess just to you know kind of get get acquainted a little bit i'm a, a uh, buddy of greg's he uh <laughs> he uh uh sent me your info he uh he hit me up uh just randomly we we had done a um i think it was after our roger rabbit ep- episode of unfunny nerd tangent and he's like hey man do you uh do you still talk to uh independent musicians i was like yes i absolutely do and he's like hey well you should hit flow up and i was like yes yes i should <laughs> so, uh, and i wish there was more to the story than that but there really kind of isn't
2: <laughs> wait so how do you know greg
1: Okay, so I okay. Let let me see if I can connect all of these dots because it is a tangled weave of fandom and podcasting. Uh, basically, <laughs> that that's where I know Greg primarily is through podcasting and through Transformers fandom. So I am friends with um, his co-writing partner, Yoshi, uh, on the on the Transformers reanimated project um, and their buddies on the uh, transmissions uh, Transformers podcast as well. And where that Venn diagram kind of curves is. I started as being buddies with uh Aaron, Ryan, and Caleb from the Autopod Decepticast, the uh, Transformers the Movie podcast. So basically what happened is I, you know, I've um um I was kicking it with those guys, and then as the various orbits shift you know, we start uh, uh, becoming buddies with Yoshi and the larger uh, community, and then it's like, hey, um, uh, my buddy Greg and I are working on this uh, this uh, this fan fiction project, this uh, this rejected comic book. Um, you know, we we'd like you to to be a part of it, and I I had them both on my show, and we talked about it, and 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 since then I've separately kind of become buddies with Greg in that he's been on my show a couple times uh, most recently to talk more about uh about Watchmen and you know we we've done like the uh Transformers reanimated uh, uh script readings together and I am trying to think of something else but there there was like some uh, oh I I've, I've been on Unfunny Nerd Tangent a couple times on the uh Roger Rabbit episode and Oh, and the uh, Metallica episode. It's like I know I've been on <laughs> twice, but I couldn't remember what the first one was. So it, it's it's just become like the this weird goulash of mixed up fandoms to the point where um you know of the folks that I that I'm naming off, there's what, three, four, five, six of us, um, including me. And now there's been a couple different combinations. Like I'll I'll do a show with Greg and and then one of the autopod decepticast guys you know like for example <laughs> mm-hmm. uh but then there'll be other times where like all uh six of us you know are together in, in one like super podcast so it's uh <laughs> yeah it's it, yeah in fact i think if i if i think about it i've i think i've only been acquainted with greg for like just over a year you know how oh. however however long ago they uh, well, maybe a little more than that. It was like again, it was right about the time they they launched uh, Transformers Reanimated because I think on that episode of my show, I think was the first time I actually talked to him. I th- <laughs> think we we had uh, you know become acquainted on Twitter, but I think um, I, I think outside of that, that was uh, that was the first time we had actually spoken. It's a very long 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 way of saying like yeah transformers (laughs) in podcasting
2: (laughs) how about all right how about you how about you um well also i mean the short the short story is through podcasting Mm -hmm. um i actually know him because he was on um a wrestling podcast called the steel cage Mm -hmm. and um i was very into professional wrestling a few years ago (laughs) and um my my cousin and her good friend, we started a podcast called No Sell It and it was three girls talking about professional wrestling, um, which was hilarious. And um We, we got like a little bit of traction and then, um, the steel cage actually invited us on their network. Um, we eventually just stopped doing the podcast, but you know, we kept in touch with those guys Mm -hmm. and Greg was one of them. And then, um, somewhere in between there, Greg, um, they, they started the, uh, unfunny nerd tangent. And I was invited on that a few times, especially for the star Wars episodes, Mm -hmm. um, And yeah, and we've just kind of kept in touch, um, since then. And, um, so I, it's probably been about like six years.
1: Oh my gosh. Wow.
2: (laughs) Six, five or six years or something. Yeah. Because that, I mean, that's at least when I, when I, um, got into wrestling. So it was probably, it's probably something around there.
1: I gotcha. That's, that's awesome. So, um, are you still into wrestling?
2: Um, not really. Not as much. Um, I mean, I still kind of like pay attention to drama that happens if it happens, yeah. but um, I I don't go out of my way to watch anything. Um, I mean, I still like if someone was like, "Yeah, let's go to this indie wrestling show," I'd totally go because yeah. it's awesome. But um, but yeah, I don't I don't really seek it out anymore <laughs> um, because I, I it was kind of around like around the end of my wrestling stint when I kind of heavily started to do music stuff. Um, And then I kind of got more into the, into music and that kind of um, consumed my life a little bit. (laughs) I gotcha. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, You
1: know, and and it's so funny with like all of the, the, the various uh, uh, fandoms and things that we're into, you know, it's okay to have, uh, uh shifting interests and you know changes of taste you know yeah. like i uh uh my wife and i just recently moved and you know in going through stuff there was a lot of stuff that like i thought i was gonna hang on to forever it's like i'm never gonna get rid of these action figures or whatever and mm-hmm. when it came time to it it's just like I, I i don't care anymore it uh you know it sat on my wall for long enough and it's fine for for somebody else to uh, to enjoy that, and it's just. Yeah, I I mean, uh, just uh, just changing interests and and shifting tastes, like uh, yeah, you know, and and maybe to tease ahead a little bit for uh, you know, if we if we get to it, um, I I'm really interested in kind of exploring uh, Star Wars a little bit because I'm oh, sure. I'm uh, I I'm kind of in a in a kind of a like a similar boat in that like I'm kind of over it. I think I've been kind of <laughs> kind of been pushed out of the fandom, and and that really kind of ties into how I've really... Uh, in like the last two years have gotten like super into Transformers like I've mm-hmm. um, you know I, I'm a lifelong fan you know it's like I you know I'm a kid of the 80s and you watch the cartoons had the toys read the comics um, love that 86 animated movie um, but um, it was it was it wasn't something that I was like super into like so it wasn't until I started interacting with these other podcasters that I learned that there was like an entire fan fandom and Mm -hmm. and through that i've learned that there's um not just a fandom but like an incredibly deep fandom (laughs) now now i'm having conversations with people half of my age talking about about shipping and otps and and fic and zines and and this whole like you know uh fan uh content Uh, creation community that I just I had no idea was even there uh, two years ago so it's 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 been it's really interesting but a lot of it kind of starts where kind of like the 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 kind of spark of it was is like you know I just I just don't know if I'm into Star Wars anymore you know that kind of thing. So.
2: Well, well, I don't want to say I'm not into Star Wars anymore because I'm still heavily into Star Wars. Sure. I love Star Wars with all my heart. Um, I, I do. I, I must admit, I don't love the new movies as much as I liked, obviously, the original trilogy. And also, I don't really mind the prequels because mm-hmm. I was, I was fairly young when the prequels came out, and for me, they're nostalgic. Yeah. So you know, I can, I can quote them. I can, you know, I know a lot of random prequel trivia. Um, I love my prequel memes, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> so like, I, I still, like, I appreciate them. I know they're terrible movies. Like now if I saw them, I'd be like, what, what the hell am I watching? But, yeah, yeah. um, but yeah. And the, and I was very, when I was, when I was younger, I was very into the expanded universe and I read a bunch of novels. Um, and and I actually, when all of the, the new movies were coming out, I was trying to keep up with all of the, all of those new novels too. And I mm-hmm. like, I fell way behind. I, I'm, I have like a ton of my plate one day. I will read all of them. <laughs> um, but, uh, but right now we'll, you know, we'll, we'll leave it at that, but, um, Fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I, And compared to the expanded universe that was in play before they, before Disney kind of like erased it and made it all fan fiction, um, Mm -hmm. compared to that, the, like the, I think the new stories just don't hold up as well. Um, I still enjoy, I still enjoy it. Um, like for example, I loved Rogue One. Rogue One was amazing. Um and it was kind of the like the nostalgia that people needed like that's that's the kind of nostalgia that like we should have had from the prequels mm-hmm. i think um but uh but the like the other stories are fine i didn't i didn't really have any big problems with them um as you know i'm not one to really complain and usually even if it's like something that i'm not like super super into if it has the name star wars on it i'm probably going to be interested no matter what um and so yeah like i've totally enjoyed star wars um forever and i don't I, I the spark hasn't quite died down yet for me
1: <laughs> fair enough fair enough well um, and, I, and, and i think for myself i i think maybe that's uh, an exercise in exaggeration maybe a little bit of hyperbole it just i i guess the the more accurate expression would be my enthusiasm has cooled uh, right. Putting it and also
2: way. like the other thing is Disney is just, just they're throwing out so much star Wars content that it's really, it's hard to like keep yourself excited yeah. because it's like, Oh, there's this new Star Like they just came out with like um, it's like a legends of the hidden temple, but it's like Jedi temple. I think yes. that's the name of it. Um, and I was like, Oh man, I got to watch that. And like after one episode, I'm like, Okay, I'm going to probably watch all these episodes, but I'm like, am I really that into this? <laughs> because it's like, you know, it's a bunch of kids doing yeah. like But um, but you know, it's, it's stuff like that. And um yeah, it's like they they're just Disney is just cranking out all they can. And it's like, you know, it it's great that we're getting all the Star Wars content, but it's almost too much.
1: Yeah and and I think we kind of saw the uh the the kind of apex the 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 tipping point on that was when they put solo uh, let out less than 6 months after Last Jedi. And oh, yeah. and it's weird because like you put like the most divisive piece of star wars media i would probably say without hyperbole probably in the history of ever um because i mean it is ju- it's just such a, a polarizing piece and then you come back it, it's like and here's a little solo uh, uh movie this this little side story that uh you know because it, it's i i guess in a sense if they had kind of followed the same model um in uh 2015 to 2016 you put out force awakens then you wait a year yeah then you put out then you put out the rogue one because i think since uh last jedi was so divisive those hot takes hadn't really cooled Mm -hmm. and arguably they still kind of haven't depending upon who you ask uh but that but that's neither here nor there but like i think i think solo kind of get Got lost in all of that. And it's it's a weird time. I mean, I felt kind of like weirdly cynical about it because I I was like, well, I never thought that I would live long enough to not be excited for a Star Wars movie. <laughs> no, I went to go see it, and I liked it. Um, I liked it fine, and I, I had it was a good popcorn movie. It's great. In fact, I I had a buddy of mine. Um, you know, because like I, you know, my hottest take on it is like, well, it doesn't really do good enough of a job to justify its own existence. Hurrumph, you mm-hmm. know that kind of thing. Yeah. And 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 my buddy's like, you know what? Give it another day in court. And and I did. I just I I watched it like a month ago had a blast with it. That's mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, no, it it's fun. The the Han Solo movie that's like it's a it's kind of a almost a sore spot for me because um my favorite trilogy of expanded universe novels was the Han Solo trilogy. Oh yeah. And so of course the movie erased all of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, uh, but I mean like as, you know, as a standalone film, it was fine. It was fun. Um, but it, yeah, like it, it just, it, it wasn't, it was just too much. Disney released it too early and yeah. there wasn't enough. They, they couldn't build enough hype for it because yeah. there was still like, as you said, there's so much, um, so much going on and so so many conversations going on with um the last jedi. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was I don't know. It it was disappointing. Um especially the like, you know, the reception that it got. Yeah, well and
1: it's interesting though because then you contrast that with um a couple years later and then out of nowhere comes the Mandalorian. You mm-hmm. know, and who thought that civilians you know like that 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 this would uh be lightning in a bottle and just mm-hmm. be so universally loved by anybody like i was super stoked for it because i'm a i'm an old school fan of the fet i mean it's like you mm-hmm. you you give you give me anybody with with a bucket helmet and a t-shaped visor i will show up 10 out of 10 times but <laughs> but that doesn't mean that like you know a uh, uh, general audiences are gonna like it, and you know I, I'm sure a lot of it is that is that is that Baby Yoda, but still, <laughs> but even to that, the the hype was there before the first episode even dropped. Everybody mm-hmm. was ready for it, and then. You know, at the end of the first episode, spoilers, um, that's when you get yourself some baby Yoda. And then I think that that's what it when it kind of caught fire and all the memes and all of that mm-hmm. stuff. But I think if they had, you know, maybe, well, I guess, oh, man, the, this is becoming a a, a uh, dissection on Solo all of a sudden. I was I was going <laughs> to say, like, you know, if you leave it on the shelf, leave it for a while and even go further back and let. Lord Miller do their thing and you know let it be the the zany movie that it was going to be mm-hmm. um I I think I think bring, bringing in Ron Howard to make it safe um almost went too far the other direction it's 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 too safe um you mm-hmm. know let's let's have some fun and I think you get to see some of that in Mandalorian and not not that Mandalorian is, you know, madcap and zany like, you know, or like, you know, the Lego movie like uh like Solo uh, was reported to have been uh before uh, before they fired Lord Lord Miller, but um but it has its own unique flavor. It's it it's a it's a space western and I I think
2: mm-hmm.
1: And again, I I remember being in high school and just you know uh, hanging out with uh with uh, uh you know my stoner buddies in a in a in a smoke filled basement saying it's like you know what you really need to do is you do a Boba Fett movie but you make it a western you know it's like you do Unforgiven starring Boba Fett that's the movie I want you know I I, I say as my seventeen year old self and and you know uh, uh twenty years later I I got kind of kind of a a uh, rhyming riff on that so i it's guys it, it's it's just interesting i mean i could uh even even though my uh, my enthusiasm is cooled i could talk about uh, star wars as much as the day is long
2: oh i know well me too and i mean just just to comment on the mandalorian the Mandalorian. i don't know if you've watched the um the documentary that's on disney plus
1: i have not yet and I, I i need to get into it i just haven't had the time yet
2: I believe, I believe it's, I think it's done. It's an eight part. Well, right now they're eight parts out. Um. It's an eight part documentary and it's, um, they're, they're like 25 ish minute episodes, super short. And it's so interesting. Um, because uh, honestly, like personally, I don't love a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Like it's always interesting to me, but I don't go out of my way to watch it. But this was just, um, this, the Mandalorian documentary was amazing because it really, it proved that like they, they planned out, the um the series so well like everything was really really tight and everything was planned out to the t um and they had and they they got like such an amazing group of directors um they had uh, Dave Filoni, who did Clone Wars, and he came from like an animated, um, uh, an animation world. And then they had Bryce Dallas Howard and mm-hmm. Deborah Chow. Um, um Rick. F- oh, oh shoot! How do how do you say his last name? Um, Rick Femu Yeah, I can't
1: you know help you. I, I know I oh, know man. who you're talking about, but I don't know the pronunciation. Yeah.
2: I know, no, I'm so, and I heard, I heard it like 10,000 times on the documentary, um, but he was amazing. And then, um, they had Taika Waititi too, um, who did a couple episodes and the, like they're, they all kind of had different styles, but it worked really, really well together. And, um, just, and they also like the really cool thing, um, they basically built a hollow deck to film it. Yeah. Interesting. it's insane. Um, like there, and there's so many cool things that they did and so many, um, like kind of new kind of, I mean, they planned everything out, but they also like experimented with a lot of tech and they did the, like the music is all it. It's, there's like some synthesizers in there. Um, they got a really awesome guy. Oh man, I, I should know all this. I should have this like in (laughs) front of me. Um, but the, the guy who did the music was, um, like he, he was just really awesome and like they they took chances yet they planned it out really really well. They it was calculated risk. Um and they, you know, they made sure that it fit in with the story and you know they they it, the way they the way they kind of just made everything come together was really, really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And um, watching the documentary, it's like, wow, yeah, of course this is going to be great. Of course it was great. So anyway, I'm super excited for season two. Um, so yeah, that's that's going to be great. I'm super stoked.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I am super hype as well. Um, but let, let me ask you this. Do you, uh, given how thoroughly planned season one was and how tightly executed it was. How do you feel then about like the, the peppering of um, I guess for lack of better term, uh, uh, stunt casting that, that's that been announced. It's like, oh, we're, we're bringing in Rosario Dawson and she's going to be Ashoka. And, you know, we got Tamora Morrison. He's coming back. And now we got Timothy Oliphant. He may or may not be Boba Fett. He may or may not be wearing Boba Fett's armor. It it almost feels like it. what, what I feel like made season one special is that all you knew about it is that it was just going to be this vague Mandalorian dude going on bounty hunting adventures whereas with season 2 i wonder if they're um giving us too much and perhaps making it a little too fan servicey um almost i hate to say it almost in kind of a way that solo kind of was what do you well, think well
2: i mean i i hope that doesn't happen i'm i mean i wish they also wouldn't make these announcements because i don't I don't like spoilers and I like, I like to be surprised like, Oh man, they added that because like, you know, that now, you know, Ahsoka is going to be in it. And like, I would like to have just watched it and be, and have seen Ahsoka in, in the actual show and been like, Whoa, like that's crazy. She's in this. So like, I, I hate that. Um, but it's like stuff like that is unavoidable this far out too. Yeah. Um, so I mean, (sighs) It's well. I don't. I don't like making predictions too much because it. Um, I, I don't. I don't want to have expectations. I want to just go wow. in there with a blank slate, which is kind of how we all did. All went went in there with um, the with season one. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't. You know, like they'll announce people. I don't care who's in it, who's not in it, whatever. As long, as, you know, if. I, I do. I honestly, I have faith in Jean Favreau Mm -hmm. that he's going to, he's going to do the right thing. And you know, they're going to, if they have, um, I think they have pretty much most of the same directors back. Like, I think that now they have, um, even they might even have more room to kind of think through the story more too, just because they, they've already filmed. Um, well they have season one and two filmed. Um, already so they you know they kind of know what they're doing yeah so hopefully it'll be fine very good
1: (laughs) i i agree i i uh i am also uh very hopeful and 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 unfortunately that's that that's just kind of how you feed the machine right you know Mm -hmm. you got it it, it's just the culture now you got to have announcements and then you got to have teasers then you got to have trailers and yeah, I mean, I guess it 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 keeps um, knuckleheads like me talking about stuff, you know, because it'd be like, oh, hey, did you hear this? You know, what what do you think about like, this? You know, kind of to mm-hmm. to keep it part of the conversation. But uh, but yeah, I I'm with you. It's like it it would be it, it would be super rad to be surprised by something, you know, in in the oh, yeah. same way that we were all surprised when the child showed up. It's like, mm-hmm. oh.
2: Totally. Okay. <laughs> so. You know, actually, you know. I'm speaking of surprise. Um, in uh, what is the name of the first? Or what is the name of episode seven? <laughs> because I'm totally oh, uh,
1: blank. Oh, oh, uh, Force Awakens.
2: Force Awakens. Thanks. Yeah. Um. So for I did so well and avoided so many spoilers for that. And the one thing that I was really surprised about, and it was probably the first time I was ever surprised in a star Wars movie was when we found out that Kylo Ren was actually Ben Solo and he was, um, Han Leia's kid. Yeah. That was like one of the coolest moments for me. Mm -hmm. Um, regardless of how, you know, how good or bad the movie was, I loved Force Awakens. It was great. Um, but, uh, but that was the one time that, I was actually surprised because for the originals, like I think somebody told me that Luke and Leo were brother and sister. Mm -hmm. And I think I like always like, even before I saw the movies, I mean, I was like nine or 10 or something, but like, even before I saw the movies, like I knew that like Darth Vader was Luke Skywalker's father. So I was never surprised in the originals, Mm -hmm. even though I loved them. And then with the prequels, I wasn't surprised because at that time I was stupid and I didn't really care. And I, I, I think I read before the movies came out they released the no, like the novelizations oh. and I read the novelization so like I wasn't surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I just knew everything. And and also with with the with the prequels too there wasn't really any big reveal because like I guess the big reveal was supposed to be that Palpatine was the emperor but like everybody knew that yeah. already so like it was that was you know that was disappointing but that was the one time um, in Force awakens that I was surprised in any Star Wars movie and it was very exciting um, yeah that, <laughs> that's my story
1: that's awesome I uh, you know it, it's I I had a similar uh, similar experience I didn't have it hard spoiled for me. But I oh man, I'm s i am thinking about it, I'm still uh kind of kind of uh upset about it. I uh I was at a uh Christmas party. Like like the weekend before we went to go see the movie. Uh the movie was already out. We uh um and again, this this was 2015 where like you know movies like sold out on the regular and you know it, it took us like a week to get tickets or something like that so mm-hmm. I, I was at a uh, um, I was at a Christmas party and uh, this dude I was talking to he uh, he tells me I, I was like well how's the movie I go don't tell me anything he's like <laughs> it's really good I, I he's like well you know I, I tell you this one thing I'm like careful he's like well There's a. I hate uh, when
2: I hate that. Like, let me tell you this one thing. And trust me, it's not a spoiler. Exactly. I hate that. I hate that. So no, keep going.
1: And no, no, it's all good. He, uh, um, so he's like, well, you know, they they found a really cool way to acknowledge the expanded universe, and that that gave me enough of a clue to where I, you know, again, he didn't hard spoil it for me but I'm putting the pieces together as I'm going. In fact, I couldn't just watch the damn movie because I couldn't shut my brain off. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, once uh, once uh, uh, Kylo Ren removes his helmet and all of these luscious locks spill out of it and he's just dreamy Adam Driver under there, I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. god damn it. And I just, I just, I just, you know, just intuitively knew, and Mm -hmm. and I wouldn't have thought about it unless I had been put on that path. Mm -hmm. So I mean, technically, I wasn't spoiled on it, but but again, it was just enough on that path uh, to where Mm -hmm. I just, I just kind of figured it out.
2: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. You really you can't win with like people's predictions and stuff because like, you know, if you predict something incorrectly, then it's like, you're kind of disappointed that you didn't get it right. But then if you yeah. do predict something, then it's kind of a spoiler because you already knew that it was going to happen. I mean, it's always fun to guess and be right, but like, yep. um but yeah, still it's, i don't know so that's i try oh, I to stay it. away from predictions and to and i try not to think about it so i can just watch the movie which nice. um which is why like i'll like i'll try and go into a star wars movie with as clean slate as possible mm-hmm. um because i just i don't i don't want to know what other, what other people are saying i want to form my own opinions before i hear other people's opinions i gotcha
1: because the the thing of it also, you know, kind of coming off of the um, the Star Wars thing, is I I uh, was really kind of interested in digging further into your uh, progression into uh, Trek fandom. And, oh yeah,
2: no, I'd love to talk about that.
1: And that's uh and and I think that's very uh uh very fascinating as well cuz like I've I've uh I feel like I've always kind of been like blade the daywalker in that like I've always liked both. I've mm-hmm. I've had a hard time understanding the the partisan nature of it and I think I mean I had a buddy of mine explain it to me. It's like, "Well, we're just tribal people you know it's like you're you're either coke or you're pepsi or you're marvel or you're dc or you're star trek or you're star wars and i was like Mm -hmm. i
2: I guess (laughs) i don't Uh know i just well well for me um so like uh, you know as as we know i'm a star i'm a star wars fan i've always been a star wars fan i discovered star wars when i was pretty little um and star wars was kind of the first like fandom that I discovered myself. Um, I didn't really have any external, like, you know, my, my family wasn't really into it. My friends weren't really into it. It was just something that I really, really liked myself. And so, um, like I hold star Wars very near and dear to my heart. Um, and I'm always like, first and foremost, I'm always going to be a star Wars fan. Um, but when I was, when I became a star Wars fan, I knew about Star Trek, but I never watched it. And I kind of always shunned Star Trek because Mm -hmm. for some reason in my mind, I always thought it was the antithesis of Star Wars. Um, And so I was like, no, no, no. I'm like, I I don't want to have anything to do with Star Trek. No way at all. Um, And so a few years ago, um, I had a friend who was uh, talking to me about a few Next Generation episodes. And I was like, well, like I've never seen a Star Trek episode. So, and he was like, you, you, you should watch it. Like just, just watch some like Next Generation episodes. I'm Mm -hmm. like, but like, if I start watching this, I have to start from the beginning. And like, I want, like I want to start with like the original series and then watch some Next Gen. And then maybe I'll see what happens after that. Because I just wanted the context. (laughs) Yeah, And so, what i what i did was i ended up starting with the pilot of the original series um and then I just I kept watching it and I was like okay like I think I can probably get through the original series and I really liked it because it was like wow it's from the 60s but it was really progressive for the 60s mm-hmm. and I appreciated it for what it was I mean it was you know obviously cheesy um, and not like currently politically correct for everything but um, but I you know I was like wow this is like really cool for the 60s like this is, this is awesome um, so then I started watching Next Gen after that and I just and I like that's kind of when I fell in love with it because next gen is amazing Mm -hmm. and even though it's you know starts in the 80s it still holds up as uh, like you know with its themes and um morals and everything and um and yeah so like from there I was like okay I'm gonna do it I'm just gonna watch everything Mm -hmm. like I gotta watch the movies I gotta watch like every series from here and it took me about took me a couple years but I got through it all Mm -hmm. and so now I can safely say that I I s- still love Star Wars but I also really love Star Trek and now that I've seen everything um, I realize that they're two completely different things they honestly have basically nothing to do with each other Star Wars is pure good versus evil the hero's journey all of that but Star Trek is more of like a rhetoric on the human condition and it, mm-hmm. it you know it's not the it's not action adventure it's you know, it's, it's more like about morality and, you know, human condition and, um, and stuff like that. And it's, uh, it's, it's relevant to today. What, you know, um, all of the, the issues, um, societal issues that are issues that are, um, in play right now. And, um, yeah. And like, it's as, as an adult, I can appreciate it as a, as a child, I don't think I would have gotten it. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I mean, I I love both both fandoms now. I'm not as I don't I couldn't win at a Star Trek trivia contest. <laughs> um, but I have 100% seen every Star Trek episode ever and every Star Trek movie. So at least I can say that.
1: Well, I would imagine that a lot of it is because of how relatively short of a time you consumed it so it it's cramming everything in there and and there's only so much ram you know mm-hmm. so yep. it, it's mm-hmm. like, download more ram <laughs> but uh but yeah it's like like i i think folks kind of lose something when they binge uh mm-hmm. a series like when something comes out it's like i'm going to watch all 13 episodes of this netflix series what was mm-hmm. it about couldn't tell you but i i i liked watching it whereas i think when we when we uh take things in real time you mm-hmm. know you, you have the you you can think on it you can marinate on it and you know kind of uh, looping back around to um mandalorian it's like you know what what the other kind of divisive things they did was putting it putting it out weekly instead Mm -hmm. of all at once and i had a a buddy at work i kind of got into these like mild arguments with because like he's like let me get this straight so this is on a streaming platform which is a contemporary form of consuming television and we're doing it in a way that's accommodating the old television model Mm -hmm. and i'm like yeah i go but here's the thing when you drop something all at once it's gone by monday like you drop something on friday by monday it's old news now all throughout the weekend you know you'll have all of your trending hashtags and it'll be you know uh all the memes and clogging up social media and all of that but Mm -hmm. but by the time everybody's consumed it it's gone Whereas right. I, I, I think Disney kind of wanted to create that that kind of Game of Thrones energy, kind of that that water cooler uh, conversation. And I, I don't think the, the memes for Mandalorian would have been as ubiquitous as, um, you know, had it all come out at once, because like you would you would a new episode would drop and then you'd get a new wave of memes.
2: Right. Yeah, no, it's it's true. And, you know, it's funny. I actually I go back and forth um, with liking um, each model and disliking each model um, because, of, of course, you know, as you're saying, it's great to to space it out because then, you know, you 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 feel more like you're watching it together with. Everyone else, yeah. Because you know, you can take one episode as a a, at a time, and of course, yeah, you get the wave of memes every week, and then everyone's talking about this one thing. Rather, you know, if you drop it all at once, then like people just kind of watch it on their own time. So Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, are you done with this yet? Like, no. Like, I still have five more episodes. Like, okay. Like, you know, I can't really talk about it until because like you can't keep track of when like things happened in the episodes if it's all at once. Um. -hmm but but also like with binging there's this certain like this certain really awesome excitement that i get if i'm watching something really really good and it's like one in the morning and i'm really tired but like it's like one of the uh, the best episodes ever and like i just <laughs> have to keep going and so like i because there i can't think of like something off the top of my head, but like there have been times when I'm binging something and I just get so excited and it's so exciting that I can just watch the next episode because I, that excitement kind of, it, it'll die down after a week, you know, whereas like I can keep that excitement going. So it's like this, it's, it's kind of like an, like a natural high, I suppose. So like you don't get that as much when you, um, parse it out weekly but it's uh i mean they're yeah they're, they're advantages and disadvantages for both Absolutely. Um, absolutely so, you know but i did i binged star trek a lot and mm-hmm. star trek is hard to binge because um since it's epi- it's episodic uh-huh. um so like unless you have like a dual episode like a part one and a part two then like it doesn't you know it just ends and so it's like well like I can just stop watching but like I think I watched um my my um biggest slash scariest accomplishment was (laughs) I think I watched uh season oh I forget what season it was it was a season of enterprise I think I watched it watch one season in two days. Yeah. Um, That was, that was around the time when, uh, when COVID hit and I was like, wow, I have some extra time now. I can just watch all of this immediately. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, I mean, it doesn't like, it doesn't kind of stick and marinate as much, but like, it was like, it, I don't know. It worked for me. And I kind of had to do that with Star Trek because there's so much. Star Trek content. Um, so, like, I wanted to get through it <laughs> as fast as possible, even though, like, you know, I, I also I wanted to kind of um, I wanted to, you know, get, get into it and be able to think about stuff, but but yeah, I ended up binging most of it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. You know? Well, well, since uh, since we're since we're talking uh, Trek, and you know, I still haven't done a show intro yet, and we still haven't talked about your music yet. But but two things <laughs> I, I wanted to, to uh, talk about with that, in that now we have uh through CBS All Access we have a prequel series. Soon to be another prequel series, and then a sequel series, and you know I I think that both Discovery and Picard um, are uh, in in a lot of ways vastly different from previous Trek, mm-hmm. and but I also think you know I I talked a lot about you know kind of uh uh the the sensation of consuming something in real time so like for me i haven't seen captain picard since 1999 mm-hmm. so it it felt like you know oh it's been you know 20 something years and and you know it just kind of picks up uh from there whereas with uh discovery it it's it's got some really great prequel vibes but it also kind of has that that weird Uh, perspective of you got to make things contemporary because if you try to emulate the 1960s aesthetic uh, perfectly, it's not going to be interesting. I mean, it's like you got to you got to kind of invoke some of that kind of J.J. Abrams um, aesthetic a bit. Um, I I personally like a lot of what they've done aesthetically with Discovery, I like that the uniforms are kind of like um, a, a step, a, a evolutionary stage in between the Enterprise uniforms and the original series uniforms. You know, it's like you can kind of see that progression, and it's kind of cool. Um, granted, the the tech is, you know. Uh, <laughs> it's almost way right. too but but that's just that's just kind of how it goes with a with a contemporary series but yeah. i i guess what i wanted to ask you about is having come from like the the last series you consumed uh being enterprise and then going what was it movies and then discovery
2: well i watched so i watched everything in release state order so okay. i started with like the original series but then um and I guess yeah, the first the motion picture that was after the original series. But I watched all the movies in order. So actually, what I did was, and this was insane. Well, um, if so, if like a movie popped up in between one of the series, I would watch the movie like exactly when it came out, like between episodes. Oh okay. Um, and then also I I I know that Deep Space Nine and Next Gen. Um, they, they overlap, but I actually just got so excited with next gen that I watched all of it. And I was like, oh shoot, I meant to, I meant to like watch it overlapped, but, um, but I did it with deep space nine and Voyager. And I actually had a spreadsheet with, um, the order where the order of episodes where they overlapped. And so like when I was, it was like 200 episodes long or something. And when I was done with that, I was like, oh my God, finally, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't have to live by the spreadsheet anymore. Um, so, ev- so I watched everything in release date order. Um, and so then I was able, but I still was able to binge, uh, discovery because, um, all of it, the first two seasons had been out by the time I finished. Mm-hmm. Um, and then did no, And, and then Picard was also over by the time I finished too. So, yeah. um, so yeah, I ended up just binging Picard as well. Um, but I really, really liked Discovery. I think mm-hmm. Discovery was probably one of my favorite series, just in general. Because um, yeah, no, I think they did a good job of making it new. But they also did, um, because it was new, and I think you know, obviously, I guess they probably realized that like it you know, they weren't emulating the sixties technology exactly that, you know, they still paid homage to the six to like the sixties aesthetic. And, um, there was a lot of great references, um, from older episodes of various series. You know, they did the whole, um, the mirror universe, Mm -hmm. uh, um, story arc which i love that was that was awesome because i was like oh cool we're getting a mirror another mirror universe um story arc which is always really cool and so they they made like really good references to certain um certain series uh and i i really really appreciated that and it was cool because like and like i i i wouldn't have understood that if i hadn't watched um all of the series before. And so like, I got all of those like little, little things that they Mm -hmm. did, which was really, really fun.
1: Well, and it's interesting. I'm just, I I was just now thinking about it as, as we were chatting since, uh, since you watched everything, you know, kind of uh, uh, chronologically the, the mirror universe stuff that comes up in enterprise in your viewing, isn't that far apart from when you revisit the mirror universe in discovery. And that's, that's kind of cool.
2: That's, yeah. That's no. Nice. Exactly. And it was funny because um, when oh I forget her name the um, the the ev- the evil captain who was the captain who dies in the first episode um, of Discovery. I really I was like oh like is the like the Empress is oh, it yeah. is it Hoshi. <laughs> I, I was thinking I was, the same thing. I was, I was almost like, thinking that
1: maybe she's like a descendant or, yeah, you know, no, or exactly. something. Like, I, I, I was
2: like, Dude, I that totally could be a descendant of yeah. Hoshi. So that was like my first thought when they revealed her, I was like, Oh <laughs> my God. No, no, it's, it's
1: no, uh, that,
2: but yeah, I guess that, that
1: would have really been funny. too cool. <laughs> I guess that, that was,
2: that was fresh in my mind too. I just watched that. <laughs> exactly.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I, maybe that would have been a little too deep cuts. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Interesting. Well, I I guess I guess the thing I I wanted to ask then is like so aesthetically w- was there was there too much uh whiplash, you know, from like going to like a you know, uh uh episodic uh lengthy lengthy seasons to something that's, you know, kind of more contemporary tight and bright with the with the CBS All Access stuff?
2: Um no, not really. I mean, I I like um, like a continuous story arc more because it's I'm, of course it's like it's easier to binge because you know they're cliffhangers and everything and it's more of a kind of consistent story um so like I, I didn't have a problem with it it was actually kind of when I got to discovery it was a welcome change honestly because like and, and of course like I love the episodic format and I think that it, it served its purpose for this um, the previous seasons um or sorry previous series but um but no it worked it didn't have a problem with it when i got to discovery and then picard so yeah okay
1: i liked it awesome and uh i i guess last question on on that uh to kind of uh one put a button on it but then also kind of tie together some of some of the threads we were talking about earlier um one of the criticisms of the JJ Abrams movies is that they feel more like Star Wars than Star Trek. Um no. I I have my thoughts but I I'm curious what you think about that.
2: Um yeah no they they totally do and i and like i i heard that years ago because i actually the the only star trek that i had seen previous to my like star trek binge was um the first two jj J. Abrams movies mm. and so that's all i had to go on and it was funny because i was like you know i would hear like things like spock and vulcans and klingons and like scotty beam me up and stuff like that and i was like oh i know some of these words okay cool i i i know th- i know this just from like you know Pop culture and everything, um, but I I didn't really under, understand anything because I had never seen anything, sure. um, previous to that. Um, and so when I thought, saw them the first time, I was like, "Yeah, these are like fun popcorn movies. They're action adventure, whatever." Um, but but yeah, after watching all of Star Trek and then watching, and I rewatched those movies, um, in order as they came up, um, in my Star Trek binge. And now that I've, like, I have the kind of background Star Trek knowledge, like, I totally understand why people say that, because it they aren't really true Star Trek. Star Trek, mm-hmm. again, it's not action-adventure good versus evil. You know, it's like, you know, they're in Star Trek. In, in Star Wars, there's a evil person. There's an evil figure. And they, you know, we need to defeat that evil figure. Yeah. And that's what kind of the J.J. J. Abrams movies were Mm -hmm. but most of star trek is there is a you know there's a society or something that seems like they're evil but hey why don't we like try and work with them and come to an agreement instead of killing everybody Mm -hmm. you know um and so that's like for to me that's star trek that's you know kind of not not killing the evil figure and trying to like live or work with people. Because I mean, that's like, that's why Star Trek was so progressive because they, you know, they used the, those issues. And so just killing off the bad guy, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, yeah. so yeah, no, I, I, I get it. And I, I agree that, yeah, they're, they're a little too Star Warsy. Yeah. So it was fine that J.J. J. Abrams did a couple of Star Wars movies. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Cause yeah, it, it kind of felt at the time that it's like, oh, he he's got a real hard on for wanting to do a Star Wars movie. Cool. Well, good thing he's going to get that get that opportunity. I um I I have all of those takeaways as well, but one thing that that kind of gets me uh flamed a little bit from some of my uh, fellow Trek fans is that I like the sensibilities and and popcorn aesthetics and all of that that it brings because it it did something that I didn't know could be done in that you take these iconic characters from pop culture and you make them palpable and palatable for uh for general audiences. I I like that like, you know, my non-trek liking friends can delight in the interactions between Kirk, Spock, and Bones. You know that that kind of thing to where you know maybe maybe the uh, the original series is a is a little too old, maybe a little too cerebral, maybe too whatever. But the core of those iconic characters is still something that's important to be celebrated so Mm -hmm. if you if you have to uh put trek in star wars clothing as a vehicle to you know kind of keep the brand going and bring in new audiences Mm -hmm. i'm kind of all for it
2: yeah totally i mean like i i honestly like i didn't dislike those movies it's they're they're not like typically Star Trek, but they're fun movies. Yeah. They're definitely fun.
1: Gotcha. All right. Well, I think I think we've got that all uh, scored away. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, we'll, uh, so
2: let's, now we can talk about other
1: stuff. Now, now we can now we can talk about uh, uh, synthwave and and uh, and your music and all that. But we will unpack all of that in next week's episode because that will wrap things up for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. And if you want to check out our past shows, subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Fire wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can always check out the full show archive out on SoundCloud, which is also one of the places you can check out Glitbiter's music. Like, share, rate, and review the show. Let us know what you like and what you'd like to hear more of in the future. Mike Seibert Radio is produced by Dave Sanders and is powered by Poddex. For my guest, Glitbiter, this has been Mike Cybert Radio. My name is Mike, and until next time, wear your mask, wash your hands and make good choices.
0: You've been listening to the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at Mike Radio. Email us at Mike Radio at gmail.com. The spelling on that, of course, is S-E-I-B-E-R-T. Call into the voicemail hotline at 231-224-Mike. Once again, that's 231-224-6453. Special thanks to Michael Geisler for our theme music. For more like it, check out ByDoorMusic.com. This has been a Mike Seibert Radio Production.